What I would like to do in my five to seven minutes is to do two things. One is to talk about TPP overall, but especially with the emphasis of its implications for the region, and especially in the context of US kind of a rebalancing or pivot strategy. And secondly, I would like to talk about TPP and Taiwan. But unfortunately, I'm not a Taiwan expert at all. My expertise is on Japan. But Interestingly, when I look into some of the dynamics, there's a lot of similarity and, and parallels that I see in the Japanese strategy uh, in relation to TPP and some of the, the obstacles and that of Taiwan. So I would like to emphasize that part and then conclude with that uh, notion of the, the going forward. So what is TPP? And I think a lot of people already know mm -hmm. Trans-Pacific Partnership. This was the uh, kind of arrangement started with the s four small countries which are very liberal in their uh, economic and trade uh, stance, uh, Singapore, New Zealand, uh, New Zealand, Chile, and Brunei, which started in uh, mid-2000. And once the, um, once the United States got on board, this became a big deal. This was under the Bush administration, right as the, the globe was hit by the global financial crisis. September of 2008 was the time that US announced its interest of expansion, as well as its uh, kind of participation in the negotiation of expanded uh, TPP. From there on, uh, many uh, members got on board. Australia, let's see if you can remember, Australia, Malaysia, Vienna, Vietnam, uh, and then uh, comes uh, sorry, Canada, Mexico, Japan, so on. So it was a, a member of 12 countries which pursued the so-called gold or platinum standard of trade liberalization without exemptions of any of the, the items that gets exempted from the, the free trade, as well, and mostly emphasizing the rule-setting role of TPP. So in the, in the rule setting, there's you know, rules in terms of intellectual property, competitive, uh, competitive policies, uh, many of the, the sanitation standards and so on, all these will be the part of TPP. The uh, negotiation is ongoing. Actually, they were hoping to conclude this negotiation by December of last year. But due to Obama's uh, absence to APEC meeting and various other kind of uh, negotiation problems, they have postponed that conclusion. From my reading of people who are the Beltway insiders, uh, actually uh, just a month ago, there was a, a conference of this magnitude of Australian kind of uh, US relationship, and we had Mickey Kanta come to speak. And he was saying that the fact that uh, if, uh, if they cannot conclude TPP by the late spring of this year, there's, it, it's in jeopardy. And one of the things that's important for TPP on the from the US standpoint is to have the uh, trade promotion authority for the president of the United States so that they don't have to go through all the congressional kind of uh, line, by li line by line scrutiny and go from there. But that's not going well in, I saw late uh, last month. So we will see TPP actually will pan out, but still this is a, a really a big deal for Asia Pacific overall. Finally, the characteristics of P TPP is it's a living, uh, living agreement. It will evolve as time goes by. Yes, they will conclude or hope to conclude by sometime this year, but uh, there'll be accession code that many other members, um, countries will be uh, able to become members. So in this TPP, what's the implication for Asia? I think there are two major ones. One is obviously relation to China. Currently, China is not a, a negotiating member of TPP, and some interpret this TPP to be a way to exclude China. 
or put pressure on China. But those uh, who are close to TPP see that, yes, true, uh, the members currently negotiating TPP would like to put TPP in place, but they would really like to have China come into TPP somewhere near in the near future as the gold standard of, uh, you know, standard of rules of free trade established through that method. So that's one important part of the, of the TPP. The other one, uh, especially when it comes to Asia, you know, Asia overall, is the, uh, the activation or the kind of uh, activation of RCEP, R-E-C-E-R-C-E-P, which came about right after uh, the Japan announced its interest in participating uh, in TPP negotiation. Actually, its actual uh, official negotiation starting point was uh, March of 2013, but when uh, Khan Khan, uh, Prime Minister Khan in October of 2010 announced its in the Japan's interest, RCP kind of emerged forward. This was the, the, the trade negotiation among the Asia members, ASEAN plus six, which Japan wanted to push forward, which was objected by China until then. China wanted ASEAN plus three, which is only ASEAN and Japan, China, Korea, while Japan wanted to include plus three, plus three, which are Australia, New Zealand, and India. So currently, uh, RCEP, which I would like to call it, is uh, ongoing uh, going negotiation parallel with TPP. So that's the kind of context. So how about TPP and Taiwan? Uh, I've been reading the fact that now uh, the President Ma and the, f uh, the Trade Ministry and so on of Taiwan is keen to go up uh, to uh, be part of the TPP member. And, uh, no, well, obviously TPP itself is a moving target, so it's very hard to say whether it will be a member at the, at the negotiation stage or as it concludes, but obviously there's a very keen interest for Taiwan. I think I see, again, in the parallel to the Japan context, I see a lot of strategic benefits for Taiwan to be part of TPP. I would like to disaggregate it in one from an external benefit and then one for internal kind of a domestic benefit. External benefit is that TPP will give Taiwan a significant leverage. Japan, as it announced its uh, participation to TPP, got a very significant leverage in creating and uh, pushing China to agree to RCEP. Again, as I said earlier, China wanted only plus three. Now it is on board with plus, plus six. And China also started to be very interested in the, uh, the uh, three agreement, the Japan, Korea, and China FTA, and which was also uh, starting its negotiation, despite of the tension that is uh, already in place between China and Japan, as well as Korea and Japan. So in, in terms of that type of leverage, Taiwan would also have that along with its own connection to China. So as I said earlier, T you know, uh, somewhere along the line, all the members of TPP want China to be part of TPP. So once ta Taiwan can be part of it, it will be the bridge for China to be integrated. Taiwan obviously is a part of APEC, which is the kind of the, the mother body of TPP, so which allows Taiwan to be uh, uh, able to negotiate TPP much more easily. And in the case of WTO in you know, late 1990s to 2001, the double accession was possible. So in some ways uh, that would create, you know, all those will create a very significant benefit to Taiwan. Also, uh, in relation to its own competition in the global market, much more, much less political, but much more, much more economic or business-wide, Taiwan will have a, a, as strong of a leverage as Korea. Korea has been a FTA forerunner 
you know, it has FTA with the United States, has FTA with Europe, and Japan also already is envious of Korea, and Taiwan is the same situation, more so because of the competition it has with Korea. So TPP will give uh, another same level of leverage in accessing the market uh, for Taiwan as uh, it does for Korea. So, uh, and obviously the final reason of a very strategic nature is its div no, possible diversification of its trade profile from China. Obviously, ECFA has been a wonderful thing for Taiwan, I would think, in terms of business uh, perspective, but I, it, it, it created much more dependence on the part of Taiwan on the Chinese market. So all of that would be, uh, would be countered by Taiwan's membership in TPP on a kind of external point of view. <coughs> Domestically speaking, it also has a, a leverage. Again, very similar parallel to Japan. Abe, Abe cabinet in Japan is used, trying to use TPP as one of the three arrows of Abenomics to restructure Japanese economy. TPP will do very similar thing to Taiwan. It will uh, vibrate, uh, make, make their uh, industry more vibrant, liberalization, obviously increasing competition, but will create uh, a lot of uh, competitive strengths for the Taiwanese uh, industries. So altogether, uh, and also Taiwan would gain more credibility if it were to negotiate other uh, free trade agreement because now they show the Taiwanese government show that they can liberalize the economy quite significantly. Again, similar to Japan, Taiwan has been slightly kind of slow in negotiating TP, uh, sorry, negotiating FTAs, free trade agreements, uh, just recently with New Zealand and Singapore, which are very uh, kind of smaller liberal economies, while it will be able to uh, do more with t uh, FTA strategy as they uh, become part of TPP. But you no, know, everything is not rosy. Obviously, there are some drawbacks and then challenges. Obviously, that China's uh, objection possibly to uh, uh, Taiwanese uh, accession or, or integration into TPP is uh, probably the big one. But also, there is a lot of domestic opposition. Agricultural in the agricultural uh, sector overall would probably uh, stand to uh, lose quite significantly because of the competition. So they are uh, quite significantly opposed to it. And also, I'd be hearing a lot of concerns about food security. And in the same way as the Japan, uh, you know, Japanese reaction and significant objection to TPP, I think uh, Taiwan, Taiwanese population are, are worried about losing their way of life through TPP. So I think it's not uh, uh, so easy, but if there's a political uh, policy leadership to push uh, Taiwan towards TPP, I think there's a lot of things to be, uh, a lot of uh, benefit to be gained. So I'll stop here. Thank you.